Bazaar is a podcast that deals with mature subject matter that some listeners may find offensive or upsetting. The Bazaar is not recommended for any listeners under 18 years of age. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to The Bazaar. Uh, so hi everybody, welcome back to The Bazaar. Um, it's Hello. still Alicia and Morgan, as it usually is. Um, yes. A lot of things have happened in the past like week and a half that we haven't really had a chance to talk about. Also, sorry if I sound stuffed up. I don't have COVID, guys. It is my allergies today. I have not been a friend. <laughs> Likely story. It's because I took different allergy pills and I truly screwed myself. It's fine. And I'm going to drink a coffee because that no, doesn't yeah. actually do anything. You know, oh, I'm so, I'm so excited for everyone to just distantly hear my cat eating her food. You know in the what? Background. There's not a more ambient sound I would want <laughs> while this podcast is going on than Pluto eating. Okay. That just good for crunch. her. Uh, she deserves to yeah. chow out. Actually, yeah. So there's gonna be a new mascot coming our way. We'll have to post a picture of all of our pets once it happens. But so for those who don't know, Morgan mm-hmm. has two cats. For some reason, I thought you had three. For a second, like, I said it, and I was like, is that true? You have two cats. No, I I have two cats, but, I mean, I have a right. dog, so... Not, not, not with, with her me, in Toronto. But... Um, currently with her, she has she has two cats, Hades and Pluto, who are very cute. Yes. And yes, I'm aware that they're named the same thing. That was the point. It's so well done, <laughs> And then we will have a third, possibly. My life is changing forever tomorrow, so... We're gonna see how motherhood looks on me. It makes it sound like you're, you're having an I am actual having child. an actual child. She just has four legs instead of two. Um, I'm That's having fair, a demon yeah. baby who is a pug. Uh, I'm so <laughs> excited. So more details on that. We oh, love to see it. It's gonna be so nice. Um, all right, great. So yeah, lots happened in the world. Uh, the tragic mm-hmm. passing of Naya, Riviera, from Glee. Oh honestly. yeah. I. I like I knew that people knew I was a big fan of Glee, but I didn't realize how much that stuck with people I don't talk to anymore because the amount of messages I received about this was as if I lost a member of my own wow. family. Yeah, that's <laughs> like it just like and it's not something to laugh no, about, no, no. but just the circumstances in which everyone was messaging me being like did you hear oh my god and like all of that being like we haven't talked in years and you're gonna message me out of the blue because a cast member from a show i used to like passed away that's crazy <laughs> i mean like it's nice to know you have it was insane people that genuinely care about you i mean i just don't yeah know if but that's it was just way to do it well yeah no there was also like like it, it says something about me going into work the day that like her body was found and receiving about six different messages being like did you hear her body was found and I was like okay this is a very morbid discussion to be yeah. having when I'm like, trying to like, go to you work and I all speak happy frequently. usually we're like when are we recording today tomorrow what are we doing and and when we do talk yeah. we usually also like send each other memes or things that we find that's weird but yeah. like I never I never thought to reach out to you and be like. I heard that Naya passed away. Are you okay? Yeah, 
it just it was just such a weird and like the thing is too is that like we talk frequently so if you did message me something like that it would I, it wouldn't be weird, be weird but to I just me didn't because we think talk about enough. it because I guess she's famous and but I like, think you had a personal you know people messaging me that I haven't talked to in months let alone years <laughs> that was just the that's weirdest so thing that's very strange but, I mean it's so sad. Wasn't um, it on the anniversary of Corey Monteith's oh passing yeah. as well? Um, yeah, no, that's really that, eerie. There's something. There's there's something funky well, about that show. Well, bad things happen in threes. I firmly believe that. Yeah. So now three three of the, that's what the I said. cast members have passed away. Passed. Um, that's what I said the other day when I spilled uh, two separate drinks oh. on myself while serving. Oh yeah, so. you're back serving. How's that going? It's fun. The I'm having a really good time. Treating you well, for the most part. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I work at a nerd bar, so it's not. It's hard for people to get mad when they're also as socially awkward yeah. as me. Um, yeah. But no, yeah. I I spilled half a can of beer on myself and a table, and then I spilled half a uh, cup of empty water on myself and the floor, um, and then. I told the server that I was working with that things happen to me in threes, so he should probably yeah, stay Yeah, no, away. it's so true. <laughs> things also happen to me in threes. Sneezes as well always happen to me in threes. Um, yeah, so for today's episode, I had originally thought I was going to do something kind of spooky, and like I had a couple of ideas, and I changed my mind when I went on mm -hmm. Facebook, which is such a dangerous sentence to say, first of all, that I changed my mind when I went yes. on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, so there was this video on Facebook, I know, I'm, I'm towing into dangerous territory here, um, but I haven't been able to find it since, and I've just been typing in random things into Google that haven't been picking it up, but it was of this young woman um, with schizophrenia talking about the illness and like the common stigma with the illness, and I thought it was so interesting. Okay, yeah. She's this YouTuber and she has a dog, but I haven't been able to track her down since. I think her name is Ashley. That could also just be because she looked like an Ashley to me in my brain. I don't really know, but it was such an interesting video and it was short and it was sweet and it was informative. And like, I learned a lot within like, I think it was maybe like 50 seconds long, um, just about the difficulties yeah. she's had with her illness and the lack of support um, that she feels like she faces because of the difficult ways that her illness is depicted within the media. Um, it was just something mm -hmm. I haven't really thought about a lot. And I was like, wow, I should, I should look more into that. And then I started to do some research and um, I found, I came across this story and it's, it's a really, it's a sad story, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there are a few stories that we do in the bazaar that have like a happy ending. I've yet to, yes. I don't know, yeah. maybe I'll try and find one that has a positive ending, like a survivor story or something uh, for, my next, for my next tale. Uh, but for today, we're going to be talking about, let me know if you've heard of this, Morgan. Matthew DeGrood and the murder of Zachariah Rathwell, Lawrence Hong, Caitlin Paris, George Segura, and Joshua Hunter. It's gone under some other I like slang names, but I don't really want to like glorify it as like the massacre of blah 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 because I don't want to mm -hmm. give it that connotation. Uh, the other reason I chose it was because yeah. it is a Canadian um, incident, so I thought we love we love some good can Canada. Con. <laughs> if you can call murders in Canada Canadian that's, content, that's you know? what I'm gonna. 
we take what we take what we can <laughs> oh god everyone's like I, I, just in case anyone re- forgets how shitty canada can be as well we'd like to remind you oh oh yeah <laughs> everyone always has this belief that because we live in canada our healthcare system is a lot better which is it is in some respects but not as good as people think it oh, is oh our our mental health care is shite. It's shite. It's shite. It's it's not better than the U.S. and and people who say that have just are not as educated on the issues they think. You know. Yeah. Sorry, obligatory obligatory sip of coffee. Okay. So, <laughs> gonna just stack my papers here. So our story starts on April fifteenth of twenty fourteen. It was. Bermuda Shorts Day at the University of Calgary. So students were, I know, right? Right? Morgan's dead. Not literally. I know saying that on a no, true crime not, podcast is... Not the Bermuda it Shorts. It is Bermuda Shorts Day at the University of Calgary. And I've stayed at the University of Calgary's okay. campus, by the way, when I worked at the Stampede. Um, so I'm, I'm familiar. Uh, students were underdressed for the weather, leaving their final classes to start day drinking. And Morgan and I know what that's like. We've been to a university that is similar to that kind of vibe around homecoming. Oh, I've been, I've, I've went to two universities. That's true, you've been to and two. And both of which, both of which have frequent, um, yeah, no, day drinking. Day drinking in university is the biggest thing. And also, not to mention people showing up to class drunk. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, we we are alumni of a... I'm dancing around the name of it. I feel like we've mentioned it before. Have we mentioned where we went to school? Yeah. A party we went to school. A party school that's a in party Kingston, school. Ontario. I'm sure you yeah. guys... Know, I mean, the listeners that do want know us went to school with us, so... They're aware. Uh, so, we get the vibe. A lot of house parties. Totally. It's big crowds, a lot of neon, mimosas, and loud remixes of songs that have been out all year anyways. Like, pretty much any party vibe at a university. Um, So on that day, Zachariah Rathwell, Lawrence Hong, Caitlin Paris, Jordan Segura, Joshua Hunter, and Matthew DeGrood all attended a party at Brendan McCabe's home in the area, a student house. Um, McCabe lived near the university residence in an older split-level home with some other friends. Um, It was a typical university house, probably, like, beer everywhere. Like, it brings back a lot of memories thinking about it because I don't want to speak for you as well, but I'm someone who prefers house parties, I think. Like, looking back, then I I would go into a club. I enjoy being able to not only sit on a couch, but freely go to the washroom. Absolutely. And be able to see what's going on. Yeah, that you know? and also <laughs> drinks don't cost like $20 each. Uh, and they're not like shitty no, you're bringing watered your... down cocktails. Yeah, you're bringing your own stuff. You're having fun with your friends. Yeah, Morgan and I are pretty big advocates you don't pay cover. for the party. Yeah, there's no cover. Um, yeah. Unless it's like a kegger, but even that's like a dollar. Anyways, <laughs> those are our politics on, on partying. Um, but looking back on my undergrad, yeah. that's probably some of the time that I have the most positive memories is like hanging out at a house party with friends, right? When classes are done or whatever, and you're blowing off steam. So much yeah. like McCabe, I remember that feeling as I'm sure a lot of people do running around to make sure you have enough supplies, snacks, a good playlist. 
by that night, people were already filling in their home. Around 30 students had come to a party, which is like pretty average, I would say. Um, unlike most mm -hmm. university parties, though, this one ended in tragedy. So let's, we're going to back up a little bit and give you some earlier background. So Matthew DeGrood was a childhood friend of, of Brendan, the homeowner or renter. They met in kindergarten and shared a lot of the same anxieties about large crowds. I get it. Steer me away from Times Square. Always. Um, as they grew up together, they accumulated a close-knit group of friends who remained integral to their lives throughout university. Brendan and Matthew were born actually weeks apart and were raised in the same suburban neighborhood, so their families were also super close. They did everything together growing up, had a relatively positive childhood experience, excelling in their studies surrounded by the support systems of their family. Both of them actually enrolled together at the University of Calgary and thrived in their academic environments. Matthew, um, which I'll be referring to as Matt sometimes, because I believe he also goes by Matt, uh, he lived in a home where his father was a police officer, actually, so he had intimate knowledge of the gaps within Calgary's judicial system and the social structures there in Western Canada within the police force, so it was pretty close to home with him all the time. Matt also had a lot of struggles that he went through that ultimately went unnoticed. Unnoticed signs of mental stress and other cognitive issues had been stirring for a while with him ever since he got into the University of Calgary. So Matthew is actually one of every two Canadians who will experience a mental illness by the age of 40. And like, as we both know, that kind of mental trauma is difficult to see. It's not like on the outside mm -hmm. of our body, like a actual physical flesh wound. Um, I think a lot about how, yeah, I think a lot about how different our system would be if we like treated mental illness with the same importance or similar importance as we treat physical illness, you know? God, I wish. Because you would get sped into a hospital if you had a broken leg. But if you were dealing with like bipolar mm -hmm. disorder, the amount of paper, it just takes, it, so, it takes so much time. So on April, yeah. I, my, no. Oh, please. I was just going to say my family doctor put, my family doctor put me on antidepressants and then just didn't contact me afterwards and has since like not followed up with me, not asked me anything. Can you imagine someone putting a cast on your arm and then just not following up to get it taken oh, off? Oh, it's exactly that. <laughs> Or being like, okay, we're going to put staples yeah. in you uh, post-surgery, but yeah. we're not going to call you back about when those come out or do a checkup. Yeah, no. It literally says on the side of the bottle that you shouldn't stop taking these without direct um, doctor supervision, but, no. like, I don't even have contact with my family doctor anymore. So, anyway. Yeah. No, just I, short little anecdotes. No, that's totally true. <laughs> I went through the same thing when I was on my anxiety medication, and it's... It's, I, I was lucky, it's, it's rare in Canada to have a doctor yeah. or um, a therapist, anyone that actually follows up with you in a very thorough way. So I, I oh, lucked yeah. out, it's not the norm. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, for any, for any like American or uh, non-Canadian listeners, our healthcare doesn't cover any kind of mental health um, uh, fees. So, like, if we want to see a therapist or anyone that's not, like, a family practitioner, um, we have to pay a lot mm -hmm. of money. 
uh, unless we have a healthcare plan uh, through our work that covers um, therapy or like uh, psychoanalysis or anything Which like that. Which is but, also um, therapy is very expensive. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. rare to find a job that has those kind of um, expenses. Being as young as we are, it's very rare. Oh yeah, uh, Starbucks apparently, really? but you know. Okay, good for Starbucks. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I've been trying to get in with Starbucks for so long solely because yeah. I need yeah. therapy. So, yeah, that's anyway. so fair. I feel like maybe because you work for Starbucks, right? I feel like being a barista is kind of stressful. According to according to my friends who have worked there, yeah, apparently uh, because the clientele can be extremely verbally uh, abusive, um, they pay for... Sorry, Hades just climbed onto Morgan's shoulder. He's just having a wee sit. Yeah, um, no, but like that's why I always mm-hmm. make sure to be like excessively nice whenever I go into a Starbucks and make sure to tip because I'm like, I don't know yeah. what the person who was a before me was like to you or after me. Like that's a general policy, I think, for customer yeah, service. Exactly. Anyways, um <laughs> sorry, I'm just staring at Morgan's cat's butt that's just <laughs> way of the screen. He's he's just playing a little parrot on my Good shoulders right I'll now. I'll try and do the same thing with my pug. On April 15th of 2014, Matthew DeGrood stabbed five people in a matter of minutes at the party and then attempted to flee the scene. So this was just mm-hmm. picture any party that we've been to in university. It's everyone you know. It's all your friends. And um, unfortunately, he suffered from a complete mental break. At that time, Matthew DeGrood firmly believed the world as we know it would end at midnight on April 15th of 2014. He brought gloves with him that night. Yeah, oh That's, it's scary. His entire reality had just escaped him. So that night, he brought gloves with him to the party in case he had to kill someone at the end of the world. So he was firmly stuck inside this delusion. Oh, God. Yeah. So the night of the party, Matt had been talking about things like purification and jihad. Apparently, to another partygoer, he'd also been trying to get himself ready for the quote-unquote big apocalypse that was coming. At some point, as the party dragged on that night, a group of people went to go get some drunk food. And Morgan, what is your favorite kind of drunk food? Um, Mine's poutine. Probably. I was about to say probably yeah, poutine. Yeah, Um, Poutine's a go-to. Poutine or a good burger. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I always, I usually always go for a good, like, a Smokes Poutine or, like, in Kingston, oh, Bubba's yeah. Poutine. Bubba's Poutine. Oh. Oh, there used to be a great place called Pita Grown Poutine. Recipe to that business. I think it's a mm. shawarma place now. Yeah. Um, so, once a couple people left to go get snacks, the party had generally faded out by this point, as it usually does. Um, Matthew was left alone with mm-hmm. a bunch of other people. Um, so there were five people in the room with him, and then another who was actually asleep upstairs in the house. I believe one of the housemates. So Matt went yeah. into the kitchen where he found a large chef's knife, um, which he used to kill all five of the people he was left with in the living room. So Lawrence Hong was lying down and was falling asleep on one couch, and Joshua Hunter, Caitlin Paras, and Jordan Segura were seated on the opposite couch in the living room. Zechariah Rathwell actually mm-hmm. followed Matt into the kitchen, I guess, to check on him. None of them knew him personally. He was the main friend of, of Brendan, who was one of the renters of the home. But they were, like, familiar with him, like, mutual friends. They just weren't 
super close with this person. Upstairs was Terry Lewis, okay, yeah. yeah, who completely slept through everything. Um, Matt first... That would uh, be me. I honestly think about that, too. Because I'm such a heavy sleeper when I'm sober, let alone when I'm drunk, and you have no idea what kind of chaos is happening in your own home. Oh, and my God. And to be God. a student like that's, like, renting that home. I literally was once so drunk that I got into a friend's bed to sleep like I like I'd asked if I could use their bed and then woke up the next morning having had no realization that they had also gotten into bed with me terrifying <laughs> not like I the person was like totally no, was, within the yeah. right to get into the same bed I knew that we would be sharing a bed well it's concerning to roll over just and waking up the next morning Oh my god, it was absolutely... But, like, my... I just completely am... Like, nothing can wake me up from a drunk that's, sleep. That's nothing well. Except, um... Except vomit. That, that's fair. <laughs> that, that should wake, wake you up, up from, from a drunk, drunk sleep. sleep. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Terry Lewis was asleep upstairs. And when Terry went to sleep was when Matthew's attack began. So Matt attacked Rathwell in the kitchen first, who'd followed him in. He was stabbed seven times in a fury. After he moved to Hunter, Segura, and Paris, who were together on one couch, and Hong was asleep on the opposite couch the entire time, and Hong actually died in his sleep, uh, which is also terrifying. So the stabbings, yeah, yeah, the stabbings occurred quickly and unexpectedly. The victims had very little opportunity to react, shocked by the sudden violence that was otherwise a normal night. Uh, it's really sad, actually. Kate, Caitlin Paras, as she tried to escape, uh, she was stabbed again in the dining room. Uh, Joshua Hunter was the only one who was actually able to escape the house itself and was chased by Matthew onto the front lawn. This was when Brendan McCabe actually returned and intervened, and that's when Hunter collapsed on the front lawn from his injuries. Um, in the early morning of the day, so it was like 1, 2 a.m. at this point, um, Matthew fled the scene, mm -hmm. and police tried to track him down in the local neighborhood so this was all happening in like a, a, a suburb that was like close to the university i guess maybe kind of similar to the environment that we were kind of in so there were just like streets of residential housing uh -huh. yeah student, housing, student yeah. housing that night matthew fought off three different larger police officers and a large german shepherd police dog um God. The officer on the scene, Sean McGilvery, reported that it was surprising how strong Matt was because he he's a very slim guy. Like, he's, he's quite petite. Mm -hmm. um, he said, quote, It was almost as if he was levitating off of the ground. His body wasn't touching the ground other than his hands and feet. Almost superhuman strength. On his person, police also found a clove of garlic. When asked why he had this on his person, Matt said it was for the vampires. After his arrest and hospitalization, Matt making, kept making comments about having to keep the vampires away and that he was the son of God, born an incubator, and an alien. Later on that day, Caitlin Paras and jo Joshua Hunter died in hospital from blood loss and their injuries. So mm -hmm. after looking at that information, it's, it's posed by like everyone that it was just an adrenaline rush because of his body entering this like fight-or-flight state. Um, due to his mental illness. So Matthew DeGroote at, at the time of this crime was 22, which is the same age as me when he committed these crimes. Um, 
he attended the University of Calgary and had planned to go to law school. He was an employee of Safeway. He was the son of a city police officer with the rank of inspector. He was just this everyday kind of guy whose life just completely spun out of control in a matter of hours. According to those who knew him, his behavior started to change in the weeks leading up to the stabbings. He began posting more frequently on Facebook, submitting bizarre status updates. And I'm not, <laughs> I couldn't find a word that was good enough to substitute bizarre. So I had to stick with it. Yeah. No, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I can't stress how important it is. I mean, now we kind of have to constantly be looking at our screens. And so we're attuned more to what's happening with those around us. But that is so scary to watch someone become completely undone via Facebook. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the major warning signs as well. So hours before the murders, he actually posted the title of a mega death song called Dread and the Fugitive Mind to his Facebook page, which is a terrifying song. I'm not going to plug it here because <laughs> I did not enjoy Googling it. <laughs> um, authorities also discovered that he had spent time searching the internet for subjects such as Hitler, Barack Obama being the Antichrist, and other sorts of conspiracy theories up to the date of the massacre. The night of the party, he actually sent text messages to his parents, claiming that he was going to hurt himself. So, yeah. Tons of, tons of big red flags in your face. Yeah. This must also have been so hard for his parents. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Matthew DeGrude was charged with five counts of first-degree murder and was off- Oh my god, I almost said offered to stand trial. He was not offered. (laughs) He was ordered to stand trial. He had no previous run-ins with the police. He was found mentally fit to stand trial after undergoing a psychiatric assessment. I mean, I don't really know how that's possible after he said that he saw vampires. It doesn't really seem like he's (sighs) mentally fit. Right now, but if we've learned anything from these past few months is that, um... The court system is very it's, skewed. It's incredibly skewed. I mean, God. Yeah. And a few article, articles I read, a couple of the officers were trying to prove to the fact that they didn't even think that he was mentally sound. The people, the, the guys that arrested yeah. him. Um, during the trial, a childhood friend, Daniel Butler, told the police that he and Matthew went for a walk the night of the party and that his old friend spoke of crazy theories and how he believed the world would end at midnight. Matthew also referred to himself as the good Darth Vader all night, um, which is, I appreciate a good Star Wars reference in any other scenario. Yeah. Another friend of Matt. By good, good Darth Vader, would that just mean Anakin? That's what I was wondering. I was like, is he just saying that he enjoyed the prequels? I was like, I don't feel like that should maybe have been used in court. I don't... <laughs> Listen, this man's guilty because he liked the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> and that says something. <laughs> like the Star Wars prequels. You you should be. Should be assessed. Um Listen, I like the pod racing. More than the pod racing is the most boring parts. It's just inserted as filler. It's what? filler. It's like most of the qu- I love the pod racing the same arguments about all the Quidditch games in Star Wars. They're just entered as filler. Oh, I love them. It's like the best part the, for me. The pod that racing? That and, um, 
the, the pod racing and the lightsaber battles okay, the lightsaber are, battles the lightsaber are battles and the prequels are those are yeah good. but i don't know i just like the pod racing it's you've fun. heard it here first <laughs> morgan morgan will fight to the death about pod racing in those movies she, about the pod she's racing write a paper yes. about it <laughs> Oh, I will. <laughs> Just she you will watch. Die on this hill. <laughs> Another friend of Matt's, Laura York, told police that she saw him at the party speaking with one of the victims prior to the incident about his band and about going to law school. So he had these moments at the party where he was like seemed really normal, then would mention something weird, and then seemed normal again, and then would deviate again. So people just seemed generally to suspect that mm-hmm. he was kind of all over the place. Because earlier during the party, he threw his own phone into a fire pit and then smashed it with an axe. Many other witnesses also attested to the fact that he continued to complain about his parents all evening, saying that he thought they thought that he was going to go insane and that they wanted to put him on medication before he hurt himself. So several people at that party heard him saying that his parents think that he's insane and he wants to hurt himself. Um, which is, again, a huge... Yeah, I mean, like, we, we, all, we all make jokes and, and we see, like, oh, there's always that one weird guy at the party, but, like... Yeah, it also, something that I frequently try to change about myself in general um, and try to note other people uh, to do as well is the wave of self-deprecating humor and use of things like oh i'm crazy oh i'm insane all of that because that doesn't strike anyone anymore as shocking for someone to be joking about them being crazy or them being quote-unquote schizophrenic or um like joking about wanting to kill themselves like that's very normal especially amongst university age uh, young adults. Yeah, it's 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 scary, scary behavior um, that's that, that's exhibiting, and it's it's the same way I feel uncomfortable when when people make um, certain jokes about um, using the R word as well. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yep. I don't know if it was common for you, but in, in my high school in the area, people would constantly use the word schizo. Um, in referring to people yeah. who just operated or functioned differently or expressed emotions differently when we were in school. Oh, yeah. As, like, a diss yeah. or something. It was you cool. know what? It was awful. That, um, something I actually just discussed with a couple of my friends the other day, um, it seems like, uh, Gen Z slash, like, a lot of internet Twitter users and whatnot have started using the word tweaking to mean, like... I've had too much caffeine no, that's not okay. or um like I've had too much caffeine or I'm I'm a little bit crazy right now not realizing that the word tweaking is specifically in uh, used in relation and has been for years um as a stage of methamphetamine yeah. use like it's it's specifically used as um a word to describe something that happens um, in late stage meth users. Um, but like so many, like the first time I heard it, I heard like a, a a YouTuber I watch say like, oh, I'm just kind of tweaking. And I was like, is he admitting to being on meth? And then I realized that he was talking about coffee. Yeah, that's, it's, it's dangerous <laughs> terminology like, just to throw over your shoulder after drinking an ice cap. Yeah, y'all can't use yeah, that. It's, it's not okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway. 
that's my soapbox to stand kept, on today. He kept uh, running around the party saying that his parents thought he was quote-unquote insane um, and that they wanted him to go on medication. And people laughed it off, um, which I think is a natural reaction to do when you're uncomfortable. I know myself that when I'm very uncomfortable, I kind of, like, nervously laugh. Um, oh, yeah. But that being said, I don't know if it's mm-hmm. the greatest coping strategy, and I'll admit that <laughs> about myself first and foremost. Like, I realize. Yeah. Yeah. So on May 25th of 2016, Matthew was actually found not criminally responsible for the homicides on the basis of a mental disorder. Based on the testimony, ha, coffee's now hitting me. Based on the testimony of a few expert witnesses, they actually proposed that Matt may have schizophrenia, and that caused a psychotic episode during the killings, um, for him to completely disassociate. So he intentionally killed those five people, but authorities believe that because he viewed them as werewolves and vampires who threatened his life, he didn't have a full, complete understanding of the harm that he was causing. Um, To this day, the culpability of Matthew DeGroote is still contested for those who believe that um, saying that someone has suffered from a mental illness is not actually um, like a feasible defense or makes them any more innocent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the subject of what happened on April 14th, in an article with Vice.com, Brendan, who was the host of the party, wrote, quote, At this point, Matt is beyond the criminal justice system. He's a ward receiving treatment, not a criminal being punished. Yet for the past three years, I have seen this case discussed as a testament to the institutional failings of our judicial system, as, it, as if it is somehow unfair that Matt is not being treated as a criminal. He committed an unimaginable act, but I know that based on every shred of evidence and personal history that Matt did not commit murder in the first degree. At this time, Matthew DeGroote is receiving treatment for his mental illness, and when he's out in the public, he will be subjected to the same things that everyone else with mental illnesses have to face in Canada, which is an overburdened system. Um, So Matthew DeGroote actually gave a statement in court about the killings. He said, quote, when I stabbed them, I tried to do it mercifully. I aimed for their heart. I didn't enjoy killing them at all. I said sorry, but the son of God was controlling me. So he, he's, he, he's very sick. Um, the stabbings, um, Calgary police have called the stabbings one of Calgary's worst mass killings. So a lot of people actually think this story is kind of similar to another story. If you've heard about the killing of Tim McLean. I think you might find it familiar once I start. You have a thinking face on. Yeah. It was in it was in July thirtieth. Yeah, you do have on. a thinking face. <laughs> July thirtieth of two thousand eight. <laughs> McLean was a twenty two year old Canadian man, and he was attacked and killed brutally while riding a Greyhound bus in Canada in Manitoba. Mm-hmm. Oh oh oh! Is this the yes, machete one? Yeah, he was attacked one? by a machete and then cannibalized yeah. by Vince Lee, who was forty years old. Mm-hmm. Lee was also not found yes, to be criminally okay. responsible because of the mental disorders that he had been struggling with and received little to no actual support for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he was another person who had gone untreated and undiagnosed by the system that that failed him and the victims as well. So the truth is that those with like that suffer from mental illness are no different than those who luckily do not suffer from them. The only difference is that a population is left unchecked and uncared for. There are certain people who are never going to experience that, 
and won't know what it's like yeah. to be completely left behind. Um, and that's the big issue here. Like, schizophrenic people are not violent by default. Yeah. Um, yeah, <sighs> it's sad. It's really sad. If only we had... If only we had a mental health system that actually helped people. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I couldn't find anywhere if it's actually listed that Matthew DeGroote has schizophrenia specifically, but the word is thrown around a lot in terms of his diagnosis in different articles and podcasts. Um, so that's just what I'm using based on the information that I have. Um, if it comes out that he is diagnosed with something else, feel free to correct us. But as that is the information I have, that's what I'm going with from several sources. Yeah. It's easy for symptoms to go unchecked because, like I like we've said, mental illness to some degree, like it, it varies in appearance in appearance from person to person. Like my mental illness, for example, is not going to be the same as how Morgan experiences her mental illness, or, or other person, or other person, or other person. It's very true, and that's specifically true for schizophrenia as well. Like, mm -hmm. there's a complete just spectrum of of, of varying types of schizophrenia. For those asking, what is schizophrenia again? I tuned out in my psychology class in high school that I took this one time, and I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Uh, schizophrenia is a brain disorder that actually distorts the way a person thinks, acts, expresses emotion, or relates to others or to the reality that is surrounding them in their world. A lot of people get it confused with multiple personality disorder, um, which is completely different. It doesn't mean that you take on a different identity or persona. It just means that the way that you experience the world has been changed in some fundamental mm -hmm. way. So actually 1% of the population in America, which is around 2 million people, will develop schizophrenia. The cause behind this illness is actually unknown and can be developed through factors such as genetics, brain chemistry, and environmental factors. It typically manifests when a person is in their early to mid-twenties. About 10% of people with schizophrenia commit suicide or have substance abuse problems because they experience such a vast and quick change in terms of their life. Most mm -hmm. people who have schizophrenia actually prefer to live very solitary lives and are non-violent. There is no cure for schizophrenia, but there are treatments such as medication, therapy, etc. Over 10,000 people in Saskatchewan are affected or will be affected in their lifetime in any given generation. Individuals diagnosed with schizophrenia in their teen years statistically have lower educational achievement levels, increased level of homelessness, and face a greater, a greater difficulty in finding gainful employment if they disclose that they are schizophrenic, which is so sad. Mm. Very often, the individual mm -hmm. who has schizophrenia has a perfectly normal childhood until the onset of the illness. It can also manifest during, like, puberty years, but most of the time comes out post-puberty. Mm -hmm. The media typically portrays people with schizophrenia as being prone to violence. However, an individual with schizophrenia is, in fact, more likely to be a victim of violence than a perpetrator. So those stats are all from the Schizophrenia Association of Saskatchewan, which is actually, like, a really informative website if you'd like to learn more. The organization that I'm highlighting this week is actually the Schizophrenia Society of Canada. Uh, it was founded in 1979, and it's a national registered charity that you can like look up and donate to. Um, 
So this is this is from their Canada Helps page. Um, it they. The SSC has a strong conviction that things can definitely be different and better for those experiencing early psychoses and for the 100 who would develop schizophrenia this year. Significant advances in our understanding of mental illness and treatment modalities, alone with the early invention and access to person-centered and recovery-focused mental health services, have demonstrated that there is a life after the diagnosis of early psychosis and schizophrenia. So basically they help to kind of tailor um, different treatments towards persons with schizophrenia and funding for persons with schizophrenia who cannot afford other kinds of treatment that might not be covered for them in their mm. daily lives. So their big things are support systems within smaller communities, uh, recovery initiatives, and social inclusion initiatives as well to make sure that they feel integrated into their society, which is also important that they don't feel ostracized because they just function differently. And with that, my laptop is at mm -hmm. 5%. One second momentary intermission while I grab the charger cord. <laughs> no! of having a kind of small apartment. I don't have to run far. <laughs> One second. <laughs> okay. So the SSC is committed to transforming how people think with knowledge and youthful enthusiasm. They seek to be an inspirational visionary in advocating for a transformed mental health system that is based upon recovery philosophy. So yeah, you can uh, check them up if you just go to www.canadahelps.org and through there, if you Google... SSC, you'll be able to find them. And donate if you want or share it with someone you feel like needs to know about it. Yeah. Cool, yeah. It's scary, man. Yeah. Just to know that, like. Uh, the. No, oh, continue, like, please. That schizophrenia <laughs> can just come on so suddenly, like, at any point, just because of anything, like, your, your life could completely change yeah no it's one of my biggest fears is my brain just turning on me because <laughs> it's it's entirely possible right like um in terms uh -huh. of just this example he, he was just like any other university student right like you had friends you you go mm -hmm. to parties and whatever and it ended in complete tragedy and i can't even like so many people are obviously affected by this instance like his parents the people who lived in that house like what happened to them like did they have to move afterwards right because your house is now a crime scene and your students just trying to get through university um and obviously the victim's family yeah as well. no that's insane yeah canada get your shit together let's care mm. for the people who who need it instead of ignoring yeah. them scarier even scarier than the illness itself is our uh health system and government's treatment of said illness yeah Morgan said it right there. That's the perfect way to say that. And, like, <laughs> in terms of change happening, like, I know, um, at least right now in Toronto, there's been a lot of kick-up over what's been happening specifically. Um, in the last two weeks, it's, it's been a lot. There's been a lot of budget cuts uh, proposed by the city. Mm -hmm. 
especially around um, youth programming and safe spaces for youth. Um, that was one of the biggest budgets yeah. cut. John Tory, I'm not coming for you, but I'm just saying, what's up, my man? Um, but God forbid 10% of the police budget, which is like literally millions of dollars. Even, if, uh, yeah, not if get even cut. like 5% of the police budget here in Toronto went to youth programming or mental health programming, right? Like, it, there would be so much change. Sure, not insane. Just it, it would be profound. Ridiculous, yeah, it would be yeah. unbelievable. Is, is what yeah. you're saying? The amount of change that would come from uh, Um. So yeah. In in other news, because I'm looking for a way to end this episode that is not sad, <laughs> in leaving us in a state where we're not happy with John Tory or any Canadian leadership at the current moment. Um, Nicki Minaj is pregnant. Oh, how fun. So, she released a beautiful, wow. colorful photo today saying that she's pregnant. So there's something good to come out of 2020. Oh, wow. One good thing. <laughs> I'm sure it's not the only good thing. There are totally other good things to come out of 2020. I'm just having such a hard time thinking of one. Congratulations, Miss Minaj. <laughs> We'll just like send her a link to the. We'll tag her in the episode. I think her real name's Onika, but I don't know what her We're last just gonna name call is. Her Ms. So. Minaj. Uh, c- congratulations, Miss Minaj. Uh, she posted a glowing photo of her very pregnant, like eight, nine months pregnant. If you Google the photo, uh, hashtag preggers, like oh, she, wow. she be, she be pregnant. <laughs> um. So yeah. Wow. <laughs> Happy Friday and congrats to uh, Nicki Minaj. So. Nikki Minaj. Yeah, now I just want to go listen to her music <laughs> while I clean or something. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. You know, I need to clean my apartment. <laughs> it's yeah. dirty. It's very so with that, dirty. we're going to say uh, thank you so much for stopping by the bazaar today. Um, give us a like. Yeah. Yeah. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. Follow us on either of those platforms. Follow us on Spotify. Because we're on Spotify for those who use Spotify. For those who don't, what are you doing? Get Spotify. Like, duh. <laughs> Sound like such yeah. a high school bully. Um, why do you, like, not, why have do you not have Spotify? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Sorry, I'm s- I'm still using 8-tracks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're such a hipster. If anyone oh, does a... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, episodes come out every Friday, but you know that. And uh, check us out. Oh, share us with a friend. Or partner. Or, you know what, share us with your ex. Because that's bold. And we should be bold. (laughs) Be bold in COVID. Just just send send our podcast to your ex with no explanation. Yeah, no explanation. Send them a text that's just a link to our podcast on Instagram. That's all we ask of you. Is it so much to ask? Like, no. Do it. Anyways, uh, peace out. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. (laughs) Pals. He's so cute. I love it. <laughs> okay, well, how do I stop? <laughs> God damn it.